1: not with books. They stick around. They look beautiful. I like how they kind of slowly open up and become even more beautiful as they sit on your, you know, where absolutely
0: because they're that fresh. So go to books.com and use promo code hysteria for 25% off. That's dot S.com promo code hysteria books, promo code hysteria.
1: Hello, and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. If you've been paying attention to the news, it's been a hellish hellscape of a hell week. But thankfully, we have Alyssa Mastromonaco to break down what's happening in Alabama, Georgia, and beyond, and what can be done. Thanks a lot, Susan Collins. Then we've got a special treat for personal political. Actor Allison Williams joins Naomi F. Paragon and Megan Gailey in studio to talk about how sometimes, when everything seems like it's the worst... Putting on fake eyelashes and a wig and sashaying glamorously out into the world can make things feel a little less terrible. And, as always, the hills will die on. Okay, before we get into it, a little bit of housekeeping. If you want to submit a hill you'll die on, record a 30-second voice memo on your phone and send it to hysteria at crooked.com. That is also the email address where we receive all of our messages. So if you want to send love notes or hate mail, just you can go ahead and send it there, I guess. But just be aware that I'm not the only one who checks it. Caroline checks it, too. And if it's really bad, we'll forward it around to everybody at Crooked and make fun of you. So just send emails with caution. Second, merch is in the works and I'm biased, but it's really great. And this actually reminds me I have to email the merch people back because we have a list of things that are literally ready to go and they just need my okay. So I'm the one holding it up. Get mad at me. It's my fault. Third, I'm trying a new thing where I give a shout out to a special group of listeners. Most of the time I joke around with this, but this week I want to get a little serious. I want to give a shout out to our listeners who are living in deep red states. I know there's a lot of you because you do get in touch and we know it's rough out there right now. And I just want you to know that we hear you. We know you're there. We know you're trying. And hopefully, this podcast brings you catharsis or at least a little bit of levity. Now, let's get to the show. Hello? Good, Good morning, morning, Alyssa. I just, the first word I said to you was like froggy.
0: Good morning. The weather here in New York, it's basically uh, rained and been below 53 weeks. So I've had nonstop sniffles.
1: Oh, how dreadful. No, it's cloudy here. So I'm acting like the world is ending and being real baby about it. But yeah,
0: <laughs> it's, it's cloudy with
1: a high of 69, which is, I don't even have the energy to say nice about it because I'm so sad about everything in the news.
0: It's, um, I mean, like, I guess we really do have the right to be uh, consistently malaise right now.
1: Right, exactly. This is like government-imposed PMS, but just constantly happening. You know, Alyssa, I I want to just like kind of jump right into it. I was we were texting earlier a few days ago, I think, and you informed me that you knew all the words to the song "We Didn't Start the Fire," and I do. <laughs> that <laughs> and that you'd perform them for your husband. To his appreciation and approval, he was, like, he, impressed.
0: And the truth that I also revealed is that I was literally out of breath when it was over. <laughs>
1: oh, God. Well, I was uh, I was going over the outline for this week's episode and the things that we're going to cover in our news section, and I started thinking that it felt like right now we're writing a special uterus-only edition of We Didn't Start the Fire. Just every day, something terrible that's happening with women's reproductive rights and women's reproductive health and it's bad so let me go through my little version of we did start the fire which doesn't rhyme and isn't actually a song at all i'm just this is the way i'm packaging it so that i don't walk into the sea okay <laughs> so last week george's governor signed the life act into law george's governor brian Kemp, who should not be the governor by the way which would ban all abortions in the state after a fetal heartbeat is detected, which usually happens around six weeks, which is earlier than a lot of women know that they're pregnant, which is when a fetus is actually an embryo and it's not quite as developed as a shrimp. But anyway, the bill would penalize those who perform abortions for up to 10 years in prison. And it doesn't explicitly exempt women who perform their own abortions, which makes it unclear if miscarrying would be a crime in the uh, Gallade version of Georgia. That bill actually has exceptions for uh, pregnancies that risk the life or possess substantial and irreversible physical harm to the pregnant woman and for rape and incest. But after that was signed into law, this week, Alabama said, hold my beer. Uh, On Tuesday, the Senate advanced a law that bans abortions at all stages of pregnancies, would throw doctors who perform abortions in jail for up to 99 years, which is a longer punishment than a lot of Rape. So if a person were raped and sought an abortion, their abortion doctor could possibly get more jail time than the rapist, which is—you can't even think about it. It includes an exception for cases when the mother's life is at serious risk, but not for rape or incest. The House approved the measure, and the Senate approved the measure yesterday—well, Tuesday—and it now moves to the desk of the governor of the state, Kay Ivey, who's a Republican, and people expect her to sign, although she hasn't weighed in on it. Third item— Uh, We were texting about this, Alyssa. There was, uh, I I just want to know, do lawmakers pushing these laws believe that a person can be reproductively capable and still deserve empathy and respect? Because I don't think that that's the case. Um, Let's just look at South Carolina, where last month a female Republican lawmaker named Nancy Mace told the story of how she was raped at age 16 and arguing for a rape exception in her state's six-week abortion ban. And last week she found a card on her desk that read that allowing abortion in the case of rape was punishing the child. For the sin of the parent. Uh, those mm. cards were distributed by a male colleague of Ms. Mace's, which is very problematic um, and it, it's very upsetting. So, Alyssa, my first question to you is what the fuck?
0: Well, there's still a few more fucks to cover. Okay. Worth worth noting that since January, or only, it's only May, since January, 30 bans on abortion have been introduced, passed, or signed into law since January, including, which we've talked about, I think, but it's worth reminding everybody of now, because this isn't just banning abortion. This is criminalizing it. This is punishing women. Texas considered a bill threatening a woman who got an abortion with the death penalty. Okay. Right. So, you know, the thing that's, <clears throat> I've been going down the rabbit hole to like two o'clock in the morning in some cases is like, really what the fuck? And, you know, the religious right has been looking for a vessel for this bullshit for like 30 years. Mm-hmm. And Romney was like, hard pass, McCain, hard pass, But they found Trump. And I feel like because they've been looking so long for someone that they literally think that Trump has been sent to them by God to help strike down abortion. And so they're like overlooking all of the other things he does, because this is like the most important thing. Mm-hmm. This
1: and is eyes I, on the prize.
0: I really, um, I really just think, uh, I I don't even know what to think about it. I just, I I just found that very depressing. I watched a whole documentary on the religious right and Donald Trump. And then also, this is just one thing I think it's not, it's not funny. None of this is funny, but how many outlets and articles have cited the governor of Alabama as a he, (laughs) They're like the governor, he will. And it's like, no, 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 no. Hashtag, I guess KIV is the new hashtag complicit. Yeah, behind Ivanka, like and I Susan mean, Collins, and, and also where is oh fuck Susan Collins? Yeah, fuck like, Susan Collins. W- like sad trombone, Susan Collins. Like I can't even with her. This is her like, legacy. What? This is her legacy now. Like
1: she was, she played dumb all last summer during the Kavanaugh hearing. Do you
0: mean that Roe v. Wade it is settled law?
1: Yeah, and then oh, if it is settled law, then why are the, why have there been like you said thirty different states that have tried to ram through clearly unconstitutional abortion challenges with the intent of getting them to the Supreme Court and getting them overturned because they believe, unlike Susan Collins, that Kavanaugh is going to do it.
0: Like, and here's the thing, you have to assume that Susan Collins, that she does believe it should be settled law. Right. So maybe the we didn't start the fire song should be rewritten to be like Susan Collins. You started the fire, but you can put it out. So get on it, girl.
1: Yeah. You know, another thing that scares me about the Supreme Court, they do have their four staunch conservatives, including Alito, who, if you want for a good time, go ahead and read about Alito (laughs) as a district judge in 1992 in the lead up to Planned Parenthood versus Casey. It's a real roller coaster ride into hell. But uh, now I find that we're. Kind of clinging to John Roberts's vanity, and his adherence to the court as a respected institution, as po- possibly the last hope to save Roe. And honestly, if 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 the chief, Chief Justice Roberts, is the new Anthony Kennedy, then I'm the new Rosa fucking Luxembourg. Like, what is <laughs> happening?
0: I don't know, but literally all eggs in the basket. All of our eggs are in the basket of John Roberts. Yeah. You know? And oh. he does seem he does seem to, you know, take his job as chief seriously and does seem to um what's the word? Respect what yeah. we would call settled law. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe, maybe he he can stop like, but that's like that's like one person. I mean, mm-hmm. it's is like John Roberts is the one person standing between 51 percent of America and like hangers.
1: Yeah. And here's something interesting that happened this week and also bleak in in, along the Supreme Court lines. Justice Stephen Breyer, who is a reliable, a reliable good guy, man, liberal ally judge on the court. uh, He he dissented in a case called the Franchise Tax Board of California versus Hyatt, which overturned a 1979 decision saying that states cannot claim sovereign immunity. It's 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 kind of in the weeds. But in Breyer's dissent, he said that he was uncomfortable with the court's comfort in dismissing settled law and that Mm -hmm. the court surrendered to temptation to overturn a decision they didn't like. And he concluded by saying today's decision can only cause one to wonder which cases the court will overrule next. Now, on one hand, that could be a lot of people were saying that's, oh, man, he's afraid that Roe v. Wade is going down. On the other hand, perhaps he's just writing for an audience of one, which is John Roberts, which is, you know, hey, hey, dude, like you got to you got to keep this shit together because it is looking grim.
0: Right. And then like maybe we can just hope that John Roberts was like, yo, I got to play this. Like I gotta play this, and so I'm gonna let some of this stuff go, but like hope that I can hold back the really bad stuff. I mean, like, like not to be hyperbolic or dramatic or hysterical, but don't. This is the place to do think, it if you're gonna
1: be hysterical, Alyssa. Well, I was being it's in was,
0: the name, being rhetorical. Mm-hmm. Don't you think that if it comes to like, look, this, everyone, we all know that these cases. Brought at the state level are all meant to pop, you know, percolate up to the Supreme Court in the hope that it, the, any of these decisions would overturn Roe. Now, something like the Alabama case is so fucking outlandish that I couldn't imagine that's the one, mm. you know, where the, because the other thing, um, what was it? The the amendment to the bill to allow rape and incest as an exception failed. And it, because it was all, all white men. Like, I just feel like even the Supreme Court knows that they have to think about all Americans and not something as outrageous that was passed, like predominantly, almost exclusively by white men.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, but the Supreme Court is predominantly white men and I and it, histi- historically it's been all white men. But, and, and I, here's, here's my
0: do you feel like civil, this is like a civil war vibe. Like if they yeah. really, if this really start, I mean, like, I mean, of all states for this to happen, I guess Alabama is not a shocking example. No offense to people who listen to us in Alabama who love hysteria, but of all the states in the, in, in the United States, this one seems the most likely to have done something like this.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. yeah, it does. I mean, although Mississippi tried to really get right. the personhood stuff passed a few years back and it didn't quite work. I think that Alabama's strategy here, and I've heard a couple lawmakers kind of talking about it, I think their strategy is to just view the courts as like a place where they can come in and bargain. So this is their initial offer. They, they want... All abortions outlawed. And it's sort of like they're buying a car. They're like, okay, I mean, this is that's a crude way to put it. But it's like they're coming in saying, like, well, this is what we want. And now they know the court will hear them and give them some of what they want. So they're just— asking for everything they could possibly want with the expectation that some of it won't actually be granted by the court like in Casey in 92 it was about a Pennsylvania law that had three different provisions and the court struck down or in a district court struck down one of them you know it's like that's kind of how what will happen like the Supreme Court will carve little pieces out or carve big pieces out and say yes or no but it's all very upsetting and I wanted to talk I wanted to move on I could talk about this all day but I wanted to move on quickly to something that went a little viral this weekend and that is the sex strike that Alyssa milano yeah suggested so okay i'm just gonna get a little scoldy for a second liberals constantly fucking fall for this shit here's here's what happened a person was frustrated and made a joke on Twitter and it was obviously not something that everybody is going to want to participate in or actually do but what happened was conservative media pounced on it as oh this is what liberal women are doing and liberal people being like no we're not like those liberals we're the cool liberals tried to distance (laughs) themselves publicly from that sort of thing the reality is probably nobody is doing a sex strike it just was one actress talking about doing it and then a bunch of people being like no that's not a good idea but it got reported in conservative media and now By mainstream media as something that is something people are doing. What people? Show me the people. It was a tweet. We need to stop falling for these bad faith traps that make us defend positions that none of us were ever going to take. That is the end of my rant.
0: And I fully co-sign your rant.
1: Okay, good. Because we were gonna like I actually
0: I came to this I came to the uh, I came to the sex band kind of late. And I I was mostly catching up and I'm like, what the fuck is this? This is bonkers. Like, why would anyone? I mean, but it's exactly like what you said. People just have to, you know, it's what do they say? Measure twice, cut once (laughs) before before you start, you know, attack like jumping on bandwagons
1: right exactly it's like no is anybody actually doing this no then it's no. just a, it's a tempest in a teapot distracting from the real issue which is that women's rights across america are being taken away and there could be a possibility of millions of us losing rights to what happens within our own bodies soon
0: and one thing before we say goodbye to each other oh yes let's talk about positive so many things people No, there's nothing positive. Well, oh, no, 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 nothing positive. (laughs) I thought you would have a positive thing, Alyssa. I thought you Girl, you're so precious. (laughs) No, is that because everyone feels so overwrought and depressed and like, what the fuck do I do? And I have to go to my day job and how do I help, you know, stay abreast of, you know, what's happening in the repro world and how to help. Um, One, there are a couple of things people can do quickly. One, if you live in a state that's considering passing a restrictive abortion law, call your representatives immediately. Calls work because politicians want to be reelected. Two, pay attention when the Senate is considering a federal judicial appointment and call your senators to tell them to vote no if the judge is anti choice. Also, Donate or volunteer to local reproductive justice organizations. They are the boots on the ground. They need our help. Even a dollar matters. An hour of your time matters. And I will post to my Twitter profile a great link to show uh, lots of different states and their local organizations.
1: Yeah. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. Yeah. And, you know, just to add to that, I know that a lot of people who listen to this are millennials and we hate talking on the phone. Understandably, talking on the phone sucks, but this is like, this is life or death. This is life or death for some women. And if you have the ability and the time to call up your senators, your state reps, please, please do it. We need you to. We need you. Oh, God. Okay, well, Alyssa, until next week's fresh hell rolls in and we talk about it. Um, But I look forward to discussing it with you. Goodbye. Bye. We have to take a break, but stick around. There's more hysteria coming up. Yeah.
0: I have I refuse to be uncomfortable I refi- if I want to be productive. <laughs> I refuse
1: to be uncomfortable, but sometimes I have to look like I belong in a respectable place lifestyle, which is like yeah. Viore is perfect for it because they the clothes look fantastic. They fit great. Yeah, perfect. Perfect for
0: couch okay. napping. Joggers. I love the leggings. I can work out in them. I can do my errands in them. I can wear them with a proper top to a business meeting. It is not a problem.
1: Oh my gosh! Yeah, you probably could. your clothes still look new. <laughs> so fancy! Viore is offering Hysteria listeners twenty percent off your first purchase. Get some of the most comfy and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com/hysteria. That's v-u-o-r-i.com/hysteria. You'll also enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over seventy-five dollars and free returns. Go to viore.com/hysteria and discover the versatility of Viore clothing.
2: Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make Mom's lasagna. To keep her secret recipe alive, take over taco night. No matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch when it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great.
1: Hello, welcome back to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. This is the part of the show where we talk for a long time about something that we tend to think about a lot. Let me bring in my incredible panel of women that I have with me today. First, we have actor, comedian, and the host of Couples Therapy, Naomi Ekperigin.
3: Hey, girl. Hey. It's. I feel like you've been gone for so long. It's great to see. What have you been up to? I moved to a new apartment. Oh, how's that? I'm living an ant-free life. Oh, wow. So this is, I'm thriving. Oh, and your neighbors. <laughs> yes. Did no you more. say bon voyage? Oh, no. Nice. I like to think they died. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was living below 24-year-old YouTube musicians, and I'm now free, and I'm now free. So.
1: Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I mean, you see me, lighter, brighter. You are yeah. you are just a soap bubble of, <laughs> of optimism right now. Um, Next, we have actor and comedian Megan Gailey. Hello. Hi, Megan. Hi. I understand that you're not watching The Bachelor lorette i'm boycotting why
4: listen if we're boycotting alabama then hannah b has to be a part of it okay that's all she says is roll tide i also (laughs) didn't like her last year i wasn't gonna watch anyways i truly forgot i was like who was she on with and i my mind had forgotten colton completely (laughs) and i was so tickled by that like what a good brain to just wipe that man (laughs) from my memory yeah, that's that's
1: great. Sometimes it's like this person isn't going to it didn't it didn't stay. I remember getting I was walking through the Grove before The Bachelor or the last season of The Bachelor yes, came on. And then he with the things. And I was like, oh, it was all is he going to have sex? Yeah. And I was just like, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really care where he dips his wick. I just no, think that no, that, that was like you. a.
4: it was a cr- that was a crazy way to. Like promo it. Also, they kept saying former NFL player, and it's like, you were on a practice team. So <laughs> let's be honest about your skill set. Megan standing alone in the
1: Grove lecturing a like little mini billboard <laughs> of The Bachelor standard. Um, finally, I would love to welcome our very special guest this week. We have actor from uh, Girls and Get Out and the forthcoming Netflix movie, The Perfection, which comes out on May 24th, Allison Williams.
5: Hi. Thanks so much for being here. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so obsessed with the show, but also I was trying to be quiet because it's weird when people talk before we know who their voice is. But <laughs> I, I have know. so much to say about everything you just said. <laughs> and I was just trying to hold in. Um, I will be watching The Bachelor, okay. Because it's muscle memory. Like yeah. I think my body wouldn't know what to do with that extra yeah. two hours, or in some weeks four, depending on where we are in the season.
4: Oh yeah, it's like a football game. Was the first? I'm not going to watch it, but I will let you tell me about it. <laughs> so then I know everything that's happening. Was the first episode good? I am halfway
5: through it. Okay. Um, So far, I've been sort of pleasantly surprised. But my love for this show transcends any of the individual people in it. It's like a metaphysical Mm. love for Mm -hmm. what it represents to me, the passage of time, my own life, et cetera, et cetera. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a content-based love. It's more of an idea. Okay.
1: I love when they put out articles that are like, this is what happens at the bachelor house because most of the time the people are just kind of fucking off like they have nothing to do or they're just, just lifting yeah. that's yeah, why yes. I love the bachelor
4: because the boys just are <laughs> lifting <all day. laughs> they're lifting and like eating egg whites yes. but they don't show us the women on the bachelor working out and they it's did like, a little more with okay. the person, I think because they were like see because he's an athlete and so that's you what you he wants want. yeah, yeah exactly. I'm like I want to see more ellipticals because these women <laughs> are not naturally like they're drinking like I, I just want to know I want to know craft services
2: yeah, I want to know everything they they're get- doing
3: Food. Okay, so what I heard, I've never what? watched. Let me tell you, <laughs> as far as I know, they're put in this house, they don't get books, they don't get internet, they're like taken off their medications and told to run riot. Isn't <laughs> so that what sense. happens? So like some Ninja of that is just like a yeah. freezer's full of like wine and then just there like is Go a lot for of it. wine. There is a there lot of wine. No
5: water and they, only alcohol. Yes. But there also is food. They can prepare, they stock the kitchen. They, they
3: Okay, so they do have yeah. access yeah. to Cause food. Yeah, because there was
5: like a microwave mishap. Oh, yeah. Who was it? Demi couldn't figure she out who like, used what? the microwave. what do I do?
1: plus. <laughs> no, I
3: cannot co sign this her. program. I cannot.
5: Oh, man. I
1: mean, it's all uh, like self harm and self care. Which I think kind of segues nicely into the topic that we're we're
5: doing today. Actually, the language of it has seeped in a big way into the show. Self-care? Yes, all of it. Really? So what
1: I was thinking about was um, I was putting on makeup like I do every day. I was thinking, do I like doing this? Does this make me feel better? Am I doing this because I have to? And to what extent does it make me feel better? Like when I'm, because I know you can't deny the fact that sometimes making yourself look nice makes you mm-hmm. feel a little better. When I am hungover, when I feel like shit, I love to put on a nice dress. Like. I would wear your dress, Allison, if I Thank were you. feeling super, super hungover. <laughs> exactly. It's luckily I don't. But, I right. <laughs> but it's um, but it's something that you know I do my hair, put on makeup, whatever. It's something that makes me feel better. But also, I was watching Game of Thrones this weekend, and you know, right before Danny went crazy, she was like not wearing any makeup, yeah. which is like oh, the woman's gonna go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, well yes. I need to
5: pause really quickly. I what she was wearing is movie makeup where they make you look. Yeah, as Shitty as possible, yeah. Which right. is a whole other thing. They take blue eyeshadow and brown and gray and put it like around your eyes, and then they over contour you and they sort of get your veins to pop a little bit. It's kind of amazing. So, luck like Amelia Clark without makeup is like a vision. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So they had to right. work really hard, <laughs> right? They probably had to work pretty hard to make her look totally. But the no makeup look, the no
1: the
4: no yeah. makeup yeah. queen, she's look. off the
3: rails. So yeah, she's right. gonna lose yeah. her mind. But, but then yeah. for
4: the battle, she had makeup on. Well, like, yeah, you yeah. don't go into battle. <laughs> Come on. She was like, got to get it
1: together Dress for the job you knew, want. Yeah. <laughs> you don't go to battle without makeup on. No, you need your face. Line. So
5: that when yeah. Cersei sees you, she's like, oh, fine. wow. Yeah. She's yeah. like,
4: I've got this weird, short her Peter wig. Pan that hasn't grown out. No offense. <laughs> no, all good. I honestly, I think
5: my Peter Pan wig was slightly better. So much better. <laughs> so much. I feel
4: like you could speak to her and be yes. like. Get a lob, you know, <laughs> you don't need to do this. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I wanted to talk about like the 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 fact of the matter is that like when women don't wear makeup, it's like viewed as a coded message. And when we do wear makeup, it's viewed as a coded message. So what's the line between doing things that make us feel good for us and doing things that make us feel good so that people don't think we're crazy? So I wanted to kind of back into the conversation of like beauty and beautiful and, and all that was by
4: throwing this question to the table. Who was the first woman who you thought was like beautiful and glamorous? My mom. Yeah. I remember just like watching my mom put on makeup and then sometimes, oh, you would get like a blush brush, like you she would <laughs> put just a little on your cheek and you were like, wow. And just sitting, my mom had a vanity and still does. And she would sit there and, you know, dab on her, her perfume on her wrists. And it was so cool to me. And luckily I have a really pretty mom. So you've been Instagramming and I've noticed your mom is a a beautiful woman. If I had had a monster of a mom, I think I still (laughs) would have been like, wow, those lashes, you know, I think you just love your love seeing your mom get done up. And it was so like thrilling to me. Mm -hmm. How about you?
3: Yeah, I think it would be same. My mom is always into clothes. And so that was the thing I like. She like her getting ready and like putting on (laughs) outfits and I've never like, I've never had her fashion forward since, you know, put me in like, I mean, I'm wearing a striped shirt right now. I am letting you know something. Pushing it. Honestly, I was going to say, yeah. like, what well, is I'm this,
5: fashion week? Making a statement. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> Normally I'm like, is it gray? Is it dark blue? Is it black? You know what I mean? But like to see that for me, that was such an indicator of confidence. You know what I mean? Color, pattern, something like that was like, wow, you're cool. Mm-hmm. You like want to leave the house and have people look at you. Mm-hmm. That's huge. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Allison, how about you? Oh my gosh, there were so
5: many. I was obsessed with glamorous people when I was little. My number one beauty, um inspo was my mom who really didn't wear makeup and I thought that was very fabulous mm-hmm. but I thought the most beautiful women alive were animated
2: <laughs> which is
5: <laughs> a, a problem like I thought Belle was like the prettiest person yeah. who ever lived and her no makeup makeup just running errands in town look <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> and you know the hair that kept falling on <laughs> her face like I just thought it was so glamorous and then also I saw Marilyn Monroe when I was little and she like just did it for me yeah. in such mm-hmm. a big way and so my, it was kind of all over the place I thought my mom was so beautiful and didn't wear makeup and I thought that was like a superpower
1: wow Oh, wow, that's that's so interesting. I I remember my mom never made a big deal about being like glamorous or anything. She was a like small town journalist when I was little, so she was like she had her little like power blazers and stuff. <laughs> but I never was like my mom is very glamorous. I was like my mom is very powerful. Mm. But in terms of women that I thought were just like pinnacles of femininity, Glamazon's Julie Andrews.
5: Oh, wow. oh, me too. 100%. Julie Andrews. By the way, also a better hairstyle for Cersei. Yes. yeah, Yes. yes. <laughs> just yes. saying. Yes. As a nun.
1: Yes. yes. yes.
0: Similar to yes, Cersei, but better, but better. I better. the same way I thought she I was just the, the, same
5: the way.
1: pinnacle of femininity and she was so beautiful and she never really was like wearing it. Now as an adult, I'm like, dude, the Baroness is way <laughs> better. Yeah. Yeah. Or
5: Grace from Annie was so pretty. I never Remember saw that it. old Annie? I yeah. never saw the old Annie. Grace yes. was so elegant and all for her chiffon yeah it's very early <laughs> for me but yes julie andrews and also what we didn't know is how much makeup she was actually probably wearing right mm-hmm. it's like the, the no
1: makeup exactly. look basically but I, I you know and i remember being a kid and realizing i didn't make the connection that like women have to wear a lot of makeup and put forth a lot of effort in order to look that way that's just not how they that's not how they wake up and i just i was thinking about the first time i thought like oh i need to put I need to put makeup on or I need to shave my legs or I need to do... I think I was in like middle school basketball and I noticed the other... Like I had hair on my legs and one of the other girls just like didn't. She was like, don't you shave? And I was like, <laughs> oh, no, you know, and I had to like ask my mom and she was like, no. And then I snuck a razor in the shower, you yes, know, like the mom say no to shaving <laughs> your legs. It's they so funny. always say no to shaving your legs. But I felt I didn't do that because I wanted to do it. I, I did it because I felt like you had to do it. So mm-hmm. was there a moment in any of your lives when you felt like, oh, I, I should be wearing makeup? I'm not... Taking, I'm not presenting myself as womanly enough. I need to start doing this thing.
4: I mean, my like second grade to eighth grade were really, really not a good look time for me. <laughs> and so I really wanted it. Like when my parents would leave the house, I would go into their room and I would put on all my mom's makeup. And then when I knew they were coming back, I would take it all off and then go lay on the couch like nothing had happened. Like it was my <laughs> it was secret. It was for me totally. And I would walk around the house and look in every single mirror. <laughs> and I was like, I am beautiful. Like a weird ghost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would like catch myself and be like, okay, braces. Like, like, um, <laughs> but I, I had a friend who shaved her eyebrows down the middle. Ooh. Oh, yes, And all so when that happened, my mom was like, do you want to get your eyebrows done? And I was like, yes, I do. And so she started taking me in sixth grade because she didn't want me to shave my eyebrows. And i felt like oh this is like a fun thing we share together and i do think a lot of my mom and my bond during during that time was makeup hair i tweeted the other day my mom did my hair till i was 18 years old <laughs> every single morning cuz it was wow. too long and my arms were too short and she would hot roller <laughs> it and it really was like our I mean, I've had therapists say we're codependent and I'm like, great, (laughs) you're fired. And then I go find a new therapist. But it was like it, it I do think our love is so deep because we've like shared the pact of lipstick in some ways.
3: Hmm. That's, like, beautiful and tender. Yeah. I love <laughs> that. It's, like, a tender connection. It is very beautiful
1: and tender. Naomi, did you ever feel, like, pressured to look a certain way or do things to look a certain
3: way? No. I think I came to makeup late. I feel like I got into makeup maybe in college. Wow, maybe even a little really? after. Wow. This is—you guys are blowing my mind right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, because, like—okay, because I went to—so, you know, I went to, like, a private school. I was one of the only black kids. Yeah. Like, I was tall. I was bigger. Like, being cute was not an option. Yeah. Like, I never, I was like, that's not you. That's not going to happen for you. So I kind of just, like, didn't even try. You know what I mean? I'm giving you oversized Mickey Mouse sweatshirt. Okay? I'm <laughs> giving you a wide, leg pant. <laughs>
2: so it was,
3: like, not, it was not a fashion show. And then, so I didn't really try. And then you get to college and people start, you know, doing stuff. But then I went to, like, kind of a hippie school where, again, it was, like, we're growing all the hair out. We're doing our thing. You know what I mean? Like, this wasn't it. But, but I was like, guys are kissing me on the mouth. So I was like, I'm doing fine. You know, like I didn't associate mm-hmm. it. It's it good wasn't a indicator. Till, yeah, yeah. I was like, wow. I was like, it's happening for me. Yeah. And then I think it was after that, like, when I kind of got, got out into the real world, so to speak, I was like, oh, you have to put stuff on your face. Mm-hmm. Total strangers who might not be impressed that you're funny or have read certain books they're going to need to be warmed up to you before you speak. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, that was like, I didn't learn makeup probably until I was like 22, 23. Wow. Yeah.
1: That's a really interesting point you bring up, Naomi, because you're like, boys were kissing me. And I think if we all took a second, you know, we're, we are all women who sleep with men. Mm-hmm. and But I think if we took... A second to step back and think like, what could I not do and have men still sleep with me? Oh. The answer is most. Yes. <laughs> yes. Although Absolutely. I will say,
5: boys kissing you hit me as a reflection of how you were feeling about yourself. Because I feel mm. like, I feel like if you are feeling positive about your whole situation, it is like an electric pulse you're sending out into the world. And it mm-hmm. just means you're, it's like that thing where you're finally, if you're ensconced in a happy relationship and then suddenly out of the woodwork, like the, Dead army <laughs>
1: <laughs> guys come emerging. It's like White Walkers. At the same time you are like, why now? You are right. four months later. Smell your joy. Exactly, right. exactly. But I was thinking about you know that a lot of the enforced ideas of the way we're supposed to look aren't necessarily like. The patriarchy, like a man making us do these things. Like, I don't pick out shoes for men. I don't get dressed for men. I don't put makeup on, really, for men. Mm-mm. It's kind of for other women. women. Yeah. Have you found that to be the case?
5: Well, I, I'm a little. I'm pretty different. I've been wearing makeup since I was like two because I just <laughs> fucking loved it. I loved. I thought it was so pretty and so grown up, and I. Every photo of me from when I'm little. Some of them at school. I have a full red lip. Some, <laughs> sometimes I have. Sometimes I have a mole. Like, no. you know, where would you put the mole? Like right where Marilyn yeah, put City, it, oh, okay. City Crawford. Yeah, exactly. And I di- sometimes I wore wigs. I did wow. not care. Like the dress-up chest was my wardrobe oh my <laughs> for a lot of my life because tiny actress. It's just it was just, just inevitable. There was an inevitability to it. Yes. And my parents, bless them, did not fight it. So I, when when I think about that, like at that age, that thrilled me mm-hmm. to be like putting on a costume and, like, becoming a character. And I still sort of feel that way about it. It's so much fun. To, and I have so much fun doing my own hair and makeup every day. Like, Did you do your own hair and makeup today? Hell no. <laughs>
1: I
2: was, I was I like, hours that and, is very, very
5: professional. But I do love doing it. And I think, I used to think for a little while it was because occasionally people will recognize me. And then if we take a photo, I don't look like garbage. Mm-hmm. But actually, then my, I was talking to my mom about it. And she was like, Allison, you're rewriting history. You have put on a full <laughs> look
4: every day for your entire life. It's just the way you came out. It is interesting how men are sometimes drawn to—like, I will put on an outfit sometimes and I'm like men will like this and then you'll put on an outfit like I have on kind of like a flowy jumpsuit right now and I'm like women will like that like (laughs) my fiance is not reacting sexually to this but if I'm (laughs) but if I'm in like a short skirt or cleat like there are triggers but we know them
1: yes I would think wearing a jumpsuit is a form of self care that I sometimes do because I know that men aren't going to do any say anything to me but women are going to be like you look great honey all day long I'm going to be reinforced but not in a shitty way that's yeah. like I want to see your boobs yeah, yeah. like also, a dress with
3: pockets pockets yeah. I was you just
1: gonna yeah. say yeah. It's about pockets, pockets
5: are the number one self-care move <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the only thing that's unself care about a jumpsuit is then peeing, peeing. takes a pooping Absolutely. amount of time so you're self-conscious all day <laughs> no, <laughs> no and that's tough
4: but like anthropology is for us yeah that makes us oh, feel Oh, I thought good. you meant the subject area. No. <laughs> I was like, no, I, the, I love <laughs> anthropology. I took so
5: many anthro classes. Call it. Missed that entirely. To the point now,
4: e. my phone knows that I mean the store. Like, it's like, we're not autocorrecting to why we know this bitch does not care.
5: <laughs> this bitch cares so much. It would take me like three hours without a to write anthropology with an IE. <laughs> oh,
1: man. My phone is so judgmental. Ducking? Come on. Yeah. Still? Yeah.
5: Why are still we ducking. still
4: ducking? Still ducking? you know what? Mine... Will not uppercase Trump. Ooh, baby T. And I'm like, okay. The hashtag, (laughs) hashtag resist. I know, (laughs) my shady little phone.
1: (laughs) Uh, One thing I want to say real quick before we go too deep into the self care thing self care has become kind of a blanket term to mean. Anything you want it to mean. Uh, But it originated as a word that activists would use in reference to taking care of themselves so that they could do activism. But it's sort of become packaged and been like anything you buy for yourself is a form (laughs) of (laughs) self-care. Naomi, you had some thoughts on self-indulgence and self-care. And I'm just curious where you think the line is between those two things.
3: See, that's the thing that's very hard to me. Like I don't like the difference between saying I'm taking care of myself cuz it's all about what your idea of taking care of yourself is right mm-hmm. like the thing is for me as someone who's not healthy in any way <laughs> when i practice self care there is a full tie noodle situation on the couch pantless yeah now is that good you know what i mean like long run. is that like, what objectively... i objectively yeah like is that what i should be doing right and then it feels like well then that's indulgence right i think self care is supposed to be like i went for a run mm-hmm. and i did my meditation app, you know, something that makes you like better Yes, improves you in some way. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Sometimes I think of myself as my own pet that I have to take care of. (laughs) Like, you know, like here, here's a good parallel. Like if I had a puppy and the puppy wanted to eat the entire bag of food and then go, Run down the street—that's dangerous for the puppy. It would make mm-hmm. the puppy feel good until the puppy gets hit by a car. Um, but you don't—you
4: know, don't let the puppy. It's a dark world. Do that. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I mean,
1: I'm—I'm a—I'm a paranoid and anxious
0: person. But it's also person. like
4: the puppy <laughs> ate and then wants to run. Yeah. I feel like that's yeah. a check and balance. I thought you were
0: going to yeah. say. I yeah, I thought you were going to
5: say the puppy wants to eat the whole bag of food and then watch Netflix on the couch. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, or you could, you know, take take the puppy to obedience class and like make it better. I feel like self care for me needs to be something that on the other side of it. It is not some. I'm not less healthy on the other side of it than I mm. was going into it. Which is like, but what does healthy mean too? You know, is it does it mean happy and relaxed? Does it mean always improving? Like I'm, I'm not. I'm kind of at a loss for what it means.
4: I think it's changes too, Naomi. I think like on uh, on Wednesday, what you need may be different than on Thursday, what you need. It is getting out of hand, obvi- you know, because <laughs> you see people use it as um like an excuse for bad behavior like mm-hmm. their their bad behavior towards other people sometimes too like well i'm a cunt because it's self-care and it's like <laughs> oh, well i don't know about that <laughs> but i i think it's fucked up that we even have to have a word to like label that we need to do stuff to be kind to ourselves like mm-hmm. they really we shouldn't even have to justify it it's like i'm doing this because i need to do this mm-hmm. and it doesn't need A title.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's also, like—I mean, the question of what's self-care and what's self-preservation. Like, self-preservation, like social self-preservation. I can't leave the house if I look like this. Although, the other day, I left my apartment wearing— no bra. I walked to my garage, and it was a. I've never wow. done anything like wow. that. In my wow. Life. We have yeah.
4: different what <laughs> situations. You've, you've because... never been gone outside. I mean, in the country, yeah, where I grew up. But like in the, the, like, country, in the, the city, <laughs> as a city, oh as a country mouse, <laughs> yeah. country mouse no bra, city mouse bra. <laughs> oh my god! I
1: can't let them know I'm a country mouse. <laughs> Gotta keep these tits strapped down. Um, but you know, it's like, what are things that we're doing? Like that's this is a question that's sort of like driving this whole topic for me is like, what am I doing to make myself feel better? And what am I doing to make myself just not be ostracized from people? (laughs) And like, I, I was curious as I was getting ready this morning, like what your routines are in the morning when you're just having a regular day versus a day that you're like, I need to make myself feel better. So
5: um, I don't know. Allison, do you
1: have anything different that you do? Oh
5: boy, this is so elaborate. I can't possibly <laughs> tell you my routine because there's not enough time in Crooked Media. Um, We've got several the, podcasts. I know, that's true. I'll just start it here and then I'll go on to the pod saves. <laughs> um, I It's the same no matter what. And I find that very helpful because it takes it deflates whatever it is that I think makes the day like particularly crazy. I can gauge my mood based on how long it takes me from waking up to beginning that routine. <laughs> how long that time is thin. from eyes open in bed to the sink <laughs> is how I'm feeling about the world and also a reflection of my schedule, but mostly how I feel about the world. But I would also say that like a good example of this is that I got injured recently and so I started getting massages and in my mind, massages are like a mini bar level indulgence, mm-hmm. and so I'm sort of shady about it. I, like, don't always tell people where I'm going, <laughs> um, but they're, I'm having very legitimate, important work done on my body so that it works mm-hmm. <laughs> properly for the first time in my life. It never occurred to me that massages could be productive and, by the way, super painful. But... Um, It's really important and it's making my life better. But it is in that category. If you could get it at a spa, it has an association with something you get as a special treat on a trip. Mm -hmm. But there are some of those things that that if if your body needs it, it's a good thing to do and to maintain and to destigmatize it as a special treat and as an indulgence in your head. Right. Which is the process I've been going through. I also
1: say being like a little bit cagey about getting a massage makes you sound like you're going to pull a Robert Kraft.
5: Yeah. (laughs) Yes. No, literally. No, I just will be like, yeah, I'm going to Pilates for hours. (laughs) I don't know why I think, like, private Pilates classes is less indulgent, but I do, like, there is just something that seems like if I'm going to be lying down with spa music, nothing that difficult or important can possibly be happening, but the truth is it really is. Like, if I'm not walking correctly, like, that's sort of an issue, but I think the the routine thing is— it's a way to keep my—it's the only routine I have because I don't go to the same place. to I don't have a, a normal job like that. A lot of us are that way. So it, that little part in the beginning of the day and before bed are the only routine things I have at all. And so keeping them consistent day to day I find deeply, deeply satisfying.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you find having rituals to be—do you, do you change? Like, is, is your getting ready— routine
3: a ritual or is it something that no it's just something you have to do yeah you don't want to stink when you go in the world Mm -hmm. and that's pretty much what drives me like i (laughs) this morning i was early here because for the first time my body woke up early and i didn't fight it normally i will stay in the bed to the last possible minute Uh and so then my getting ready is like a 15-minute hurry-up-just-get-it-done type of thing and get out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so normally, yeah, I, like, don't put too much into it. You know, if I have something to do, like, usually before a show, if I know I'm going to be on stage, like, I will give myself a little more time. It's, like, part of getting my energy up. It's, like, mm-hmm. listening to a little Beyoncé. <laughs> Maybe doing an eyebrow. That's how you know I'm all in. That's the one. You don't want to go crazy. I mean, my God. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. I want them to think I'm suspecting them yes, with an arch exactly. or an arch brow. Exactly. <laughs> But, yeah, so that like that's when I'll try. Uh-huh. But like getting up in the morning, not necessarily. Huh?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think with a comedian's schedule, it's like probably different than having like a nine to five thing. When I was working in an office, when I was working at um, Merrill Lynch, <laughs> uh, I I used to wake up super early and like. Totally like I had no joy in my job. I experienced zero joy, but I could experience joy from like waking up and picking out a great outfit like and then afterwards going home and taking all my makeup off and like going on a run and going like every joyful thing in my life was not my job. And that was one way to sort of get to a point where I was happy about what I was doing, which was kind of bleak, but I'm glad that it helped me (laughs) kind of get through the whole thing. I think now if I'm feeling, you know, it's funny, I just, I moved into an apartment out here when I decided to just let go of the New York City thing. Um, And my apartment has a separate bathtub and shower, which I was like, I, as soon as I saw, it, I was like, "I'm going to take baths. I'm a bath person now. I'm going to take baths all the time. So I'm going to. I'm going to relax. Daily. I'm going to get one of those trays yeah. where I like. <laughs> I'm going to put yes. a. I'm going to put a book up there. Yeah. It's not going to get wet somehow. Gonna be A
5: candle that never has dust on top. Yes,
1: exactly. It's going to be. A, there's going to be bath beads and bombs and all kinds of things that you throw in the water. And I've not taken a single bath. <laughs> I, no, I took one bath and I was like, okay. Can I get out? <laughs> is it time yeah. Yeah. Can I get out of this tub? So you know, it's funny. I don't think that I'm like the sort of like spa relaxing person um, that I that I imagined that I could become. <laughs> um, but it made me think that part of my reticence to being a bath person was that I was like, "This is lazy. This is a waste of my. This is a waste of time. This is something that's indulgent. This is yeah. something." And I thought, you know, is this something that you? all have noticed that like when women do things to take care of themselves that are like bathing or being alone or whatever, do you notice that they get painted as indulgence or something that's silly or something that is not serious?
4: Yeah, I mean, I guess Mother's Day just happened. And so I saw people like saying what they were doing. And I saw a lot of mothers tweeting, like, I'm going to a hotel alone. Um, (laughs) I I don't want to be around my children, actually. That is like my treat for myself. And it struck me as so interesting that it's like we almost have to like remove ourselves from our family unit to like have peace. And so and my mom, we you know, we went out to brunch Because my dad wasn't going to cook. And then that was her day off. But we really do have to, like, take ourselves away from people. Because if we're around even another female friend, we could be giving emotional support. We could be doing any number of things that it's almost so peaceful to just be solitary. Mm -hmm. But I don't know what that means about how I feel about everyone in my life. (laughs) (laughs) That that I'm like, I want to be alone. Yeah, yeah that's yeah that's that's
1: so tricky um, I wanted to we have to w- wrap this up quickly so we can get to our hills because Allison has to take <laughs> so off so many Allison
5: I've has been keeping a list a since sheet. the show started <laughs> Just in hopes that at some point I would do something worthy of coming on the podcast <laughs>
1: so well you should come on again and use a different hill at some point in the future because this has been very fun um, one thing I was thinking about so so not to brag guys but I gave a commencement speech this past weekend wow. yeah, yeah, at, a, at? at a college <laughs> oh in Maryland gosh. Yeah, St. Mary's College in Maryland they me an honorary degree Why, oh my gosh you have a whole neck thing right? i did the, the and it, neck thing? it pulls it's heavy <laughs> heavy is the head that wears the crown you know what it, i mean and i you know it's funny i sat next to steny hoyer the uh democratic majority leader in the house the whole thing and we just had this very long lovely lovely conversation and um I swore a little bit in the speech, but there were children there, so I said shit, but not fuck, yes,
5: <laughs> like network television. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, Always stunning. I, I rules. said shit,
1: but not fuck. Exactly. Although I, I got a fuck in my episode, which wow. is awesome. Oh, that's oh, huge! Wow. Um, thank you. The one fuck this for the season. Thank you. Um, but you know, one thing that I was thinking as I was writing the speech for these kids was like, they're not kids; they're they're twenty two. Kids. They're kids. They're adults. <laughs> they're adults. No, we're their
5: age still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't, Hi. Don't hello. Say that. hello. Hello, fellow, fellow kids. Key,
1: fellow youth. I told them that I was old enough to not be their mom, but I was old enough to be their party aunt, yeah, like who snuck in wine during you know holidays. But one thing I was thinking as I was writing the speech for them was how social media—they grew up with social media all the time—and I was kind of almost through college before we had Facebook, Mm -hmm. and so I feel consider myself lucky because although I am totally warped by the world, it's not warped in the way that they're being warped, and I just was wondering what advice you would give younger people who are having their concepts of how they're supposed to look and what they must be to present themselves to the world what would you what advice would you give them i have so much to say about this. Okay. <laughs> first of
5: all according to my dermatologist people and other sources people are starting <laughs> who i guess i can't name but i mostly just can't remember um people are starting to come in requesting work done to their face that looks like facetune that looks like the skinny filter yeah. on snapchat or the pretty yeah. filter whatever that's called. Um, And so they're showing their doctors that picture of themselves and their doctors like, that's not a human face. Your eyes are twice their size and your face goes, I can't do that to you. That's impossible. And also it would be malpractice for me to try. Mm -hmm. And so people are from selfies, people are getting this like very warped version of what they look like. Like you walking around and looking at yourself in the (laughs) mirror all over your house is at least like different points of view, different perspective. Like you can't adjust the way your face looks with an app while you're looking in the mirror, you're just seeing what's there. And I liked it. <laughs> yeah, listen. and here's the problem is that people are looking in their cameras and yeah. liking what they see, and it's not a reflection of what they actually look like. And then they are the stewards of a social image of a public image from such a young age they have a look they have a tone and my big fear is that they're going to feel trapped in that they're going to feel like they've committed to something and that they don't have the space to change it's already hard enough in school middle school high school to let yourself change and to take on new identities until you switch locations that's always an opportunity to do (laughs) that but it's really hard and now you're like locked in you're going to have you know those people magazine things when we were they had like celebrities' hairstyles through the years. Yeah, yeah. Like you could do that now with any of the kids that were graduating in college. Like you could look back through their social media and see how their hairstyles have changed mm-hmm. over the years. Like that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you go into this business, you kind of in one way or another sign up to be to grow publicly and like people will watch you live. Yeah. But if you're just in high school in college, like and your brain isn't even done developing, it's crazy. I can't imagine what it does. Yeah. I mean,
1: I think that that's an important thing to just remember is that that's not real. Like what you're looking at online isn't real. What you're seeing in real oh, life is... Yeah, it's
5: all retouched. Yeah. None of it's real.
1: And what you're seeing in real life takes a lot of work. And yeah. you're not seeing people rolling out of bed in the morning. So if you look at yourself when you wake up and you're like, oh, why don't I look like Courtney Kardashian? It's like, because you don't have... Because, first of all, Kourtney Kardashian is very, very beautiful, but also she had a ton of people working on her. And, you know, you're seeing an edited version
3: of her. Um, Well, it's it's all like important to, as you say, like, what would you say to young people, right? Because you can't get away from social media, right? But Mm -hmm. if possible, this idea of not how you look, think about how you feel, take a beat, right? Like, I guess, is there a way to learn to disconnect? the image of other people you see and the way you have to then compare yourself to them to how you literally emotionally feel in this moment. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like if I didn't have to compare myself to this other person's post where they've done the face tune, they've got a dog nose and anime eyes, what would I really, what do I actually think about myself? And Mm -hmm. if you can make that, if you can separate that, the feeling from like Mm -hmm. all those images,
1: maybe. That's such a great piece of advice. I never do that. (laughs) I need (laughs) to start doing
4: it. stop and think how you feel.
1: (laughs) What the fuck? What are
4: exactly. All right, Megan, I would say use sunscreen. It's not cool, but I really, I really wish I could go back in time and really slather some more on my face. And then I would also ask, how do you wear those shorts that are jean underwear? underwear. Uh, wh- I guess I would ask, where are your pussies? Um, <laughs> how did you make them so small? And I'm telling you, use sunscreen. Maybe you can tell me how to make my pussy smaller. Because you are classy, working- obviously. Yeah. <laughs> (laughs) You are working magic, young ladies. Wow. On that note,
1: (laughs) let's take a break. When we come back, the hills that we will die on.
2: Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. Just go to netsuite.com slash podcast 25 for more information. That's netsuite.com slash podcast 25.
1: And we're back to the segment where we take adamant stances on things that don't actually matter that much. It's the hills we'll die on. Let's get started with Allison's hill. Allison.
5: Okay. I have so many, but here's the one I'm going to pick because I just feel like maybe it will resonate. The paper on exam tables in doctor's offices. Why? <laughs> we are. It is 2019. It splits apart the second your ass cheek hits it and then you're just bare ass on the table in mm-hmm. a doctor's <laughs> office that they're trying to keep sterile for some reason it is so cacophonous that you can't <laughs> lightly adjust I the minute I get on the table I feel yeah. like I cannot move yep. until it's over because it makes so much noise and they're gonna be suspicious about my level of movement <laughs> it makes no sense it is also deeply uncomfortable yeah. and you're never wearing enough clothes on it and it just crinkles and that sound is so stressful and it's not cozy Cozy and that if of everywhere in the world that should be cozy, it should be that paper in doctor's offices. And <laughs> that is the hook. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, has, it drives me crazy. <laughs> I also have others, cilantro related ones. But, oh, that'll, be, okay. <laughs> yeah, that'll, oh, that'll be it. That'll yeah. be a
1: it. Anytime we get into food, it gets really contentious around here. Yeah. It gets feel, really, <laughs> some really, really strong feelings about food. But. You
5: know, the, the paper at doctor's offices is, Yeah. It, it's also not sustainable no. like if are using like if we reuse diapers come on yeah if people are washing their damn diapers <laughs> then they can definitely <laughs> wash the things on doctor's office tables
1: yeah and there's something so unsettling about like the bare butt cheek Ugh, on the yes, it cracks
5: yeah. open yeah. instantly yeah. and then you're just like oh I guess this was pointless I yeah. guess now my butt is just where other butts are because the paper always cracks And it's also plate. not the
3: width of the actual. no no, thing
5: you're no, sitting no. At, no of course not so it's not. also like
3: you're reminded of your own heft your <laughs> it's, not. it's like this strip of tissue paper down the middle. No. You have what to lie
5: on your side in yeah. a straight pencil line so that you're straight. just fully sterilized oh, God. with your
4: hands over <laughs> your head and your feet together exactly. in a, in the pike position. Yes, exactly. yeah. Do you like the paper that you put on toilets? Oh, so much less. Okay. Except, here's my, you know the rotating
5: one that's yeah, automated? Yeah, 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 yeah. In my mind, I don't bother touching it, and I still do the toilet paper on yeah. top of that, yeah. because it just goes around, around. and around. <laughs> and now, I know intellectually that that is not the case, and that it is coming from some kind of reserve but- and then going out, but...
4: It is. I'm so skeptical. Do you know? We I don't know. Be, no, but we should be skeptical. Yeah. We it, should. It could be a carousel. <laughs> That's true. And it's like you pick, sometimes you'll pick a bathroom because you saw the person that just came out. I and always. Go, I do. trust her. I trust you. <laughs> I know
5: you covered the yes. seat, so I don't have to. <laughs> this is great. Yeah,
4: exactly. Oh, wow. What a
1: great hill. Allison, you have to come back. Thank you so much. I have too many to not come
5: back. I know where to say them. So I thank you very much for having me.
1: So Allison had to take off, but we are going to get started on the rest of the Hills we Will Die on this week with our listener, Hill.
5: Hi, Hysteria. I'm Anna from Wisconsin, and the hill I will die on is that cheers is not a verb. I'm not a crazy grammar policewoman, but it drives me up the wall
1: when someone says, let's cheers, and they mean let's toast. Cheers
5: is an expression, and when you use it, you say cheers to something or just cheers by itself. But you don't do a cheers. You don't make a cheers. You make a
1: toast. And while you are toasting, you say cheers or cheers to. So cheers to you, Hysteria. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, You know what? Gosh. As a fellow Wisconsin native, i got to say, you can also say skull. Skull. Well, I mean, that's a Vikings thing or that's a Scandinavian yeah. thing. But you can say skull. Yeah. You can say opa. You can say all kinds of cheerses. But yeah, I agree. Cheers, too, oh is a little bit. <laughs> that little was, great.
3: I don't know. That was specific and it makes yeah. me feel like um, I'm scared. Have you guys ever heard that it's
4: bad luck to cheers with water? No. Yes, uh,
3: I've heard that. I, yeah, I, you're not supposed to. Because
4: I, uh, someone told me that and then I've been like, like, don't do that. And people are like, you made that up. And it's like, someone told to me, I promise. No, I've, heard
3: <laughs> I've heard it. I feel like okay. that's, you know, popular. Well,
4: I won't be doing
1: alcoholics. any toasts then. I'm in the middle of a sober month.
4: Yeah. Oh, I'm supposed to be, but. We're on day fifteen right now, and I've drank like seven times.
1: (laughs) I think I'm on day ten, nine or ten, ten. and I've drank zero times. Wow. I'm like, I'm doing you're it. I'm, you're, you're committed. committed. I'm you're doing committed. it. Yeah. Well, we'll see how I feel <laughs> how the next would... time there's any minor setback in my life. Oh, yeah.
4: True. <laughs> I went to Palms last night and I was like, I need a martini. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, I can't wait till you're 64. <laughs> <I don't laughs> Megan, like once you retire, it's <laughs> oh, yeah. a fucking wrap.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of retire, you're, you know what? You've got visions of retiring, Naomi. Yeah, You've got like a whole plan. You no, know, it's mm. like
3: all I want. I'm just hoping I can. You know I'm what I mean? Sure. Yeah. I mean,
1: we're never going to retire. <laughs> None of us are. But the cool thing is we do things we ostensibly like. Yeah. True. So True. maybe that's, that's. I mean, it's not like we're doing things like working at, you know, the box factory and it's mm-hmm. like mind numbing. It's like we, we're doing creative things that make us feel like shit about ourselves all the time. Right. But at least we quote unquote love it. Yeah. The dream. I love it. <laughs> I'm having a great time.
3: <laughs> I love waiting to be chosen. I love waiting to be chosen. Really? <laughs>
1: Okay, Naomi, speaking of waiting to be chosen, I'm choosing you to go next it's your time.
3: Okay, okay, the hill. I don't know. there's so many things you know I I, I thought about it. I woke up and I said, what is my hill? <laughs> okay, it's minor. There are a lot of things happening in the world that fill me with rage, but why don't we just like pull back? all right? Why don't we just like maybe focus on what we can't control? Mm-hmm. okay? Grown ass adults who make plans, And cancel them less than 24 hours in advance. And this kind of ties into self-care. Because some white women love to be like, I have to take care of myself, so I have to cancel. No, bitch, you did not want to do the thing anymore. (laughs) You got to give me notice. I have a life, too. Mm -hmm. And it really became clear to me. A friend of mine, literally recently, we were supposed to get together on Sunday. I get a text from her Saturday morning and she goes, hey, just gave birth. I'm in the hospital, so I won't be able to get together tomorrow. Excuse me? Now, that is someone who should be a mother. Okay, (laughs) a grown ass adult who in the middle of doing the most the biggest thing she's ever done in her life was like, you know what? Why don't I cancel them damn plans I made a week ago? <laughs> that is grown. That is somebody thinking. And I was like, I was shook. I was like, I can't even believe you thought about me and our plans at a time like this. But I said, if she could do it, what excuse do any of us have? Did you know she was pregnant? I knew she was pregnant. Oh, okay. and did you know <laughs> she was that pregnant? I knew she was well, like literally we made the plans where I was, you know, and I kind of joked. That, it would I, be the I, last time. I, right. And I didn't yeah. know I didn't know the baby was coming like the next day. You wow. know, the next week. Yeah. But I thought, oh, we got another couple weeks. Yeah. But I said, if this grown ass woman could give birth and yeah. think you know what? Let me clear my damn calendar. <laughs> Anybody else who just got tired can hit mm-hmm. you up and say, I don't want to do this thing anymore. Yeah. You no, know,
1: it's just, come on, come on. I think that's fair. If doctor's offices can enforce a 24 hour cancellation policy, then friends can. Thank you I think for
3: understanding fair. and saying it with less yelling.
1: <laughs> I think that's fair. You know, it's funny. You're talking about somebody giving birth and and like being a responsible adult at a place I used to work. We had a one of our political editors was literally giving birth and like texting assignments out, like giving out assignments. We didn't realize until after she'd given birth that she'd been like doing her daily work while in labor. Yeah. And we had no idea. It was just like we were getting messages, 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 and then kind of quiet for a couple hours. I had a baby. (laughs) (laughs) What? She was doing both. Yeah, she was fully dilated. She was doing both. How it was. It was. That's unreal. Mind numbing. Um, Megan, do you want to go next? Yes.
4: Um, God, I think that people are not going to like this, but I just (laughs) I need to put it out there. I do not like a funny flight crew (laughs) that goes for pilots flight attendants someone in first class who thinks they're wacky (laughs) shut the fuck up It really, you know, where I actually do kind of like it—the gate person. Now they, <laughs> now they're in the airport where you really need, and it's you some, need some people are like, "Oh, I don't like them to be funny because it's like your job is serious." It's not even that; it's because they always kill, and it's not that easy. And yeah. I think they think it's that easy, and right. it's like, no, everyone's laughing at you because you're a pilot, and our life is in your hands. When I go on stage, my th- I'm not in, I'm not taking care of everybody's life, so I have to work for it. And these pilots and flight attendants. Southwest, I'm looking at you, uh,
3: <laughs> singing Flying entire
4: bus. parody Christmas carols <laughs> to applause. And it's like, that song sucked. That woman's <laughs> voice is bad. We can't be just handing out praise
3: and laughs because they are holding us hostage. It's truly a captive audience. It's the worst. Yeah. I was on JetBlue and the guy, he the the plane landed and he goes, oh, the like butter. Ew! And it was like, why did you feel the need to get up with a loudspeaker for that? Yeah. (laughs) And everybody was like, and then they, Everyone clapped. But I was like, well, now you've just made us clap for the pilot for not killing us. Yeah. It was just just such to me a misuse of of a PA system.
4: Also, some of the worst comedians I've ever met were flight attendants. People (laughs) people were like, you are so funny on that mic. And then it doesn't translate. It's not that easy. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's really. Yeah. Okay, I can get on that hill. I also hate when they
1: unnecessarily go on the loudspeaker. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's so rude, especially if I'm using like the entertainment system. It's like, why do I need you to tell me? I can see that you put on the seatbelt sign. You don't need to be like, I just put on the seatbelt sign. It's like when somebody pops their head into the office after they sent you an email and they're like, I sent you an email. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking at my email. I can see
4: that. I would be responding if you weren't telling me that you just sent me an email. But keep telling us to look to the right-hand side for landmarks. I love that. (laughs) If we are coming up on the Grand Canyon and you don't let me know, you have let me down.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I can respect that. Do you guys— Okay, so here's my hill. Do you guys watch Game of Thrones? Yes. I do not. Okay.
3: Sorry. Do not not at me. Do not come for me.
1: (laughs) Um, So on this past week's Game of Thrones, a lot of people are kind of shitting on this season just because it's kind of rushed and it's sort of like a lot of things don't quite make sense. And for people (laughs) who've been watching it for a long time, I'm not one of the people who's been watching it for a long time. I've just kind of I'm a I'm a. Bandwagon jumper. Oh. Um, I I treat Game of Thrones like I treat the NBA. Like I wait till the playoffs. Okay, yeah. and then I'm like, yeah. okay, this is way more interesting than so, it wait, was. Did you
3: just start like this season, or like you? Oh, I was seasons watching ago?
1: last season. Okay, um, but, but not you've, before that. But you um, caught up. I caught up. Okay. Yeah, you I did, got okay. like the major plot points, but not like the little minor okay. like prophecies and okay. stuff. <laughs> um, but minor yeah, it's prophecies. like who cares about that? What's, what's the deal with the sword? And they're like, ah, oh, it's the sword, you know. So <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know to freak out about the swords, but I do know who the like people are. Mostly. So, you know, I was watching it and the season has been pretty widely panned just because it's they're just hoping to get through it. And there's also no way to please that many people. Um, But a lot of people are mad about this week's episode because um, Daenerys uh, went... Crazy. Mm-hmm. And she went crazy. Amelia
3: Clark? Yes. yes. Okay, keep going. Yeah,
1: the little, the dragon queen. Uh huh. Okay. She went crazy and did a genocide. um, And, and like she, yeah, she just kind of did war crimes. What? And everybody was involved in like this. Everybody just went apeshit. It was like the good guys come to this place and they're supposed to take on this like bad queen. The people around her are innocent and they just like murder the fuck out of all of them with the dragon with a and dragon. Yeah. But wow. yeah. so yeah. the dragon
4: is. Right. You know. Yeah.
1: And people Culpable. are sort of like, yes. <laughs> you know, I don't find it believable that they're the good guys Guys, and all of a sudden they're doing all these bad things, blah, 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 blah. I actually think that if we back up for a second, it's kind of brilliant commentary on war. And how, like, you can be the good guys and say World War 2 you're fighting Nazis, you're you're on the right side of history, and then you can turn around and, like, starve your people, a la mm-hmm. Russia. Mm-hmm. Or you can be the good guys in World War Two and then go do, like, terrible things in Korea, a la the U.S. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. there is just no way for, war to, to, for a person to fight in wars and be in that circumstance over and over again and always be doing the right thing. So I actually think that there is some kind of good social commentary on it, the kind of thing that should— seep into people's minds very slowly because it was a kind of an anti-war, I don't know, that was mm-hmm. an anti-war thesis. And I was I was actually kind of into that aspect of it. The rest of it can kind of take a flying leap. But
4: yeah, <laughs> there were, I felt like the breakdown was like 80% of fans hated this past episode um, because they were like, she wouldn't do this to us. And it's like, she would. Uh, <laughs> she would. Everything, she would and she did. All so. the bad, after all that stuff happened to a person yeah. and you have an atomic
1: bomb yes. essentially,
4: and everyone you've trusted and has loved you is now dead, basically. Like dead all of or advisors, betrayed you. Yeah. yes. Um that it did seem I thought Something that she would do. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping that the Starks band together and run it like a family business. <laughs>
3: <laughs> See, that you know? I would want. That's that what that I, want. I would watch. I just want
4: Arya, Sansa, and John to get together and open a diner. You know? <laughs> just keep it going together. Sure, sure. Like the Hobby Lobby of like a closely well, not held. The hobby
2: <laughs> <lobby>. <laughs>
1: Somebody at my at my job suggested that they just build the wall further south of Winterfell to <laughs> <laughs> just like let Danny do her dragon. Yeah. Shit down there. <laughs> yeah. And then they just
3: kind of are like, all right, guys, we live up with the wildings now. <laughs> I never watched you know, I tried to watch it when I was I had a colonoscopy and before I oh. thought the prep would be the perfect time to finally get into the show. Uh-huh. Bad idea. But what I did figure <laughs> out was that <laughs> You know what I trying, honey, they're all mumbling. I don't know what anyone's saying. Yeah. Who's doing the sound mixing? I can't hear a goddamn word. From episode one, I was lost. Mm-hmm. I was literally like, okay, who are you? Are you a person? Are you an animal? Take off those furs. Enunciate, please. <laughs> uh-huh. I didn't know what anybody was saying, and so I could never get on board. I've been watching it the
4: entire time, and I know five people's names. Like, I see them and I go, that guy, Baldi, who's always flitting around, but like cannot tell you his name, but can tell you like what happened to his mother. Right,
1: that's just like having a conversation at a party with a stranger. It's like, I will meet you and talk to you for 20 minutes and not remember your name because it's the first thing you told me. I will remember everything else you told me, except not that your name is Brian or Byron or Ben or whatever. names are not coming to me. <laughs> I don't think there's anybody named Brian in Game of Thrones,
4: but there's Bran. Yes, which there is, is. old timey Brian. Yeah.
1: <laughs> all right, ladies, that is. Uh, I think it's all the time we have. Yay! Thanks to Allison Williams. Well, the ghost of Allison Williams. <laughs> she had to run. Thanks to Naomi Ekperigin, and thanks to Megan Gailey, and thanks to Alyssa Mastromonaco, and thanks to all of you for listening. There will be more hysteria next week.
0: Get your gun